Welcome to Inner Work with Marianne Walker, certified life coach for the helpers, healers, and anyone who wants to up-level their life. Life is what you make it, and here we make life pretty great. Come on in. Hi there, and welcome back. Nobody likes to be told what to do. Even from a very young age, children are seeking their own autonomy. They want to be treated with respect and consideration, and they want their ideas and opinions to be treated with respect and consideration as well. And when somebody tries to force a toddler to do something that they don't want to do, <laughs> you might hear some weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth, right? <laughs> they might even be screaming, you can't make me, or you're not the boss of me, or that is not the way you're supposed to cut my sandwich. You've ruined it. <laughs> and sometimes we may even make similar comments as adults, right? We may also still be saying as adults, you can't make me, or but you were supposed to do the grocery shopping, or I can't believe that you handled it in that way. You've ruined everything. And when you find yourself thinking these thoughts, it's a good indicator that you have an expectation for how things should be. <laughs> and generally speaking, if that expectation isn't being met, we may even throw an adult-sized temper tantrum, much like the toddler whose sandwich didn't get cut properly. And when this happens, we have slipped into emotional childhood. Emotional childhood is when we are making someone or something outside of us 100% responsible for how we feel. We make our happiness conditional upon if our sandwich was cut into triangles or squares. <laughs> we make our happiness conditional upon how somebody else is showing up for us. We make our happiness conditional upon the weather. It's when we believe that these things outside of us create or destroy our happiness. One way that we tend to make other people responsible for our emotional state is by writing manuals for them. So even though we know that we don't like being told what to do, um, then we also know that we think we know 100% what other people should do. So we walk around with these manuals or this list of instructions for other people. And maybe it's like one page, one paragraph, or maybe it's a pamphlet, or maybe it's a book, or maybe it's like those encyclopedias that you used to be able to buy on TV. Maybe they still sell them where there's like so many different volumes that you might need a wheelbarrow just to haul them around in. <laughs> but there we are carrying around these invisible models that only we can see. We think that we know exactly how other people should show up for us. We know how our bosses should behave, for example. We know how our coworkers should behave, and we definitely 100% know how our spouses should behave. And if only everyone on the planet would just show up in the way that we want them to, then the world would be a magical place where we would all just sing and hold hands and everybody would be happy, right? <laughs> of course, this is a total fantasy. People are still just people. And the truth is, they probably have their own manuals for how others, including you, should think and feel and show up and behave. And their manual is going to look very different from yours. And it is actually our manuals that are making us miserable, not the other person. And what's really silly is that if other people don't follow our manuals for them, if they don't take the route to the store that, that we think that they should take, or if they don't pick up after themselves in the way we think they should, or if they don't chew their food in the way that we think that they should, well, then we throw a tantrum. <laughs> we assume that they are just trying to make us miserable intentionally, and we make them responsible for how we feel. 
And when this happens, we are in emotional childhood. We are choosing to be miserable, not only because our metaphorical sandwich is a square instead of a triangle, but we add to our misery by blaming and shaming and resenting the other person. When we're blaming and shaming and resenting, that just doesn't feel good. It doesn't serve us. And we have also just surrendered our emotional state over to somebody else who, as evidenced by our manual, they aren't even showing up in the way that we think that they should. <laughs> but we have just put them in the driver's seat and let them choose how we're going to feel that day. And maybe we have even told them what's in our manual and they are still choosing to show up in the way that they're showing up. And when this happens, we have a choice. We can respect their free will and act accordingly. Or we can choose to react emotionally and continue to allow the other person to determine our emotional state. So just to summarize, our manual is essentially our list of instructions for how other people are supposed to act and behave. We all have them, and they all crop up at random times. So for example, when I first got married, I had a manual for who was supposed to take the trash out. And I never shared this manual with, with anybody because, duh, like everybody knows it's the man's job, right? <laughs> so in my brain, it was super obvious that that was the man's job. And that's oftentimes how manuals work. We assume that everybody knows these things, which can make it a challenge at times to even see that we have a manual. So there I was in my very newlywed, very newlywed brain. Um, it was just common knowledge to me that the man should take the trash out. And I just kind of assumed that my husband, if he didn't already know this, then that information would just be magically downloaded into his brain at the moment that we said, I do. And what I knew but didn't fully comprehend at the time was that my husband was raised in what we lovingly refer to as the bachelor pad. And that means that there were only men in his household and no women. That also means that in his house, there were no male jobs or female jobs. There were just jobs. So my manual that I thought was going to be magically downloaded into his brain was kind of met with a does not compute error message. I had the false assumption that my husband would just magically know that the trash was the boy job and all other home duties would be divided equally. <laughs> we would both be responsible for cleaning the toilet, for doing the laundry, for doing the vacuuming, but he alone was supposed to take out the trash. And because I assumed that this information was common knowledge and that everybody should know it, I didn't say anything to him about it. I just passive aggressively watched and waited until he realized that the trash needed to be taken out. And as we often do, I thought that I was keeping the peace by not saying anything when really I was silently resenting, right? So I would watch and wait. And admittedly, some weeks it took longer than I would have liked for him to take it out, which means I got very good at shoving the trash down to make room for just one more thing or strategically balancing new waste on top of the basket as I not so patiently waited for him to realize that he had not done his job. So needless to say, this did create some conflict in our marriage. <laughs> and what's funny is apparently my husband also had a manual for how the house should be cleaned, uh, specifically around vacuuming. So he had the belief that the job of vacuuming was not done quote unquote, right, unless all of the furniture had been moved and every inch of carpet, even the carpet underneath the furniture had been vacuumed. That was just what was in his manual. And this created conflict to us. And I hear you. You're saying like, 
Okay. But I really wish that my problem with my husband was that he was just extra thorough with cleaning. <laughs> like, what is the problem there? But as is always the case, it wasn't his cleaning that was the problem. It was my thoughts around it. I was making his thoroughness mean that he thought I hadn't cleaned properly. I was making it mean that he thought that I was messy. I was making it mean that he didn't think I did a good job as a housekeeper, you know, or, and, and like as a housemate for him. And my discomfort was 100% around my thoughts. It wasn't around the vacuuming at all. And I know that now, <laughs> but at the time I was completely unaware of this paragraph in his manual around vacuuming. And he was completely unaware of the paragraph in my manual around trash. So there we were two newlyweds with pretty specific manuals for the other person that were never shared. And of course that bred some contention and resentment. I mean, don't worry, we have since figured it out. <laughs> But while it can be tricky because, you know, we assume that every reasonable human thinks and feels the same way that we do. And when you really do the work to identify what is in your manual, it quickly becomes evident that our manuals exist just to make us happy. Truly, our manuals exist simply because of how we think the other person doing this thing or that thing will make us feel. In my brain, if my husband notices the trash is full and he takes it out to the curb with a smile on his face and a skip in his step, then I will be happy. But that also means that if he doesn't do it, I will be resentful and angry. So no matter what he chooses, I have made the choice subconsciously to allow his choice to dictate how I feel. The thing is, once you're able to let go of the manual, you're better able to see that your feelings come from you and not from someone or something outside of you. We like to assume that if the things around us change, then what's happening inside of us will change. But that isn't the case. What is true is that when we change the things inside of us, that's when the things around us change. So even though to this day I get happy when my husband takes out the trash, I now have the knowledge that I can choose to be happy no matter what. I can choose to be happy when I take out the trash. I can choose to be happy when he takes out the trash. I can choose to be happy no matter what. And when I let go of that manual, my joy is significantly increased and I'm able to sit with those feelings of love and abundance more fully. When we make our happiness conditional upon external things, we are significantly limiting our own happiness. A friend of mine shared this quote with me several years ago, and I'm not sure who said it, but I love it. She said, unspoken expectations are premeditated resentments. I absolutely love this phrase and how it applies to manuals. I'm going to read it one more time. Unspoken expectations are premeditated resentments. And that's what manuals are, right? They are the unspoken expectations that lead to resentments. And if we really understood this concept that we are essentially choosing resentment, I think it would be a lot easier for us to let go of our manuals. We can choose to go through life with our unspoken expectations, but that is a choice. And that choice will lead to resentment more than likely. I am pretty sure that when we got married 21 years ago, I did experience resentment as I piled that trash up as high as I could without making it tip over, as I waited for my husband to do his job. <laughs> but resentment doesn't serve me. It doesn't feel good, and it doesn't serve me. Nor does a pile of trash. 
So if you notice that you are experiencing resentment towards someone else, check in with yourself and see what you need to take out, whether it be the trash or the manual. But what if we tell somebody what's in our manual and then they still don't do it? (laughs) What if you tell somebody that that it is their job to take out the trash and they say no? Then do we get to have a temper tantrum and make them the bad guy? No, (laughs) of course not. Just as they aren't the boss of you, you are not the boss of them. They do not have to do something just because you say so. We like to think that if somebody doesn't follow our manual to a T, if they are not living up to our expectations, it is because of them that we are not happy. And how disempowering. But think about it. Do you really want your happiness to be conditional upon somebody else? Do you really want to forfeit your happiness and be at the mercy of somebody else's mood, willingness, or availability? Of course not. That would mean that you would have no idea how you would be feeling day in and day out because it would be 100% conditional upon somebody else, and we have no control over them. Also, think about how moody people are. (laughs) Even if somebody is generally pretty amazing, every now and then they're still going to have a bad day and not show up in the way that we would like them to. And when that happens, are you going to make their bad day your bad day? Are you going to let someone else's bad day derail you? You can choose to feel however you want to feel. I know that's a hard idea to wrap your head around sometimes, but it is true. You can choose how you want to feel. And let me tell you, if you get to choose how you feel, the most empowering feeling that you can feel is love. You can just choose to love your partner, even if they have a bad day, even if they chew their food differently, (laughs) even if you don't think that they're taking the most efficient route to the store. You can still just choose to love them. So how might newlywed me have shown up differently if I were able to recognize that I had a manual for my husband and if I had just decided to throw that thing in the recycling bin? How might I have shown up differently if I had just loved my husband, no matter how tall the trash pile was? (laughs) If I had just chosen to love him rather than make my ability to love and connect with him contingent upon the height of the trash? How might I have felt differently if I had just chosen to have a more neutral thought? For example, what if instead of thinking my husband should take out the trash, if I just had the more neutral thought of, oh, the trash is full and needs to be taken out? If I had just stopped shooting on my husband altogether? What if I realized earlier on in marriage that choosing the thought he should be the one to take out the trash was essentially me choosing resentment? What if I realized that if I continued to think the thought he should be the one to take out the trash, then I would be choosing to continue to resent him and passive aggressively piling up trash and making snippy comments about how full the trash was, that I would be essentially choosing to be miserable, waiting for somebody else to take care of the trash. By changing my thought to something more neutral, like the trash is full and needs to be taken out, I have now let go of anger and resentment, which frees up so much mental and emotional space. And this newfound space allows me more room to focus on actually fixing the problem (laughs) rather than making my problem somebody else's to fix, right? Maybe the trash wasn't giving a problem to my husband at all. Maybe he just didn't care. (laughs) So the trash is essentially my problem. And by letting go of that, it opens up space for curiosity about, I wonder how the trash is going to make it to the curb, (laughs) which opens the door for problem solving, right? There are many, many thoughts that I could think in this situation, right? So I might think, oh, I didn't even know 
that I had that in my manual about the trash. I wonder what's in my husband's manual about trash. Does he have something in there? Maybe he assumes that whoever tops it off is going to be the one to take it out. And what's his definition of top it off versus my definition? Who knows? But by switching the thought to one of curiosity, it's able to open up a dialogue, right? And that can be especially helpful anytime you're trying to open up a dialogue with somebody to just come at it from a place of genuine curiosity. Sometimes we think like, okay, but we've talked about that. So now we're on the same page, right? Like we never have to talk about it again. But sometimes our manuals are sneaky. For example, it seemed that my hubby and I had found our groove around the house for who would be doing what inside and outside of the home. And then my husband left for five months for a training. And five months is a long time. A lot can happen during five months. There can be a lot of changes, right? And that was true for us too. So during this time, it seemed that we had both rewritten our manuals in many ways. So for example, he changed his personal schedule and was now going to bed and waking up at a different time than I was used to. He had also changed his diet plan and kind of came home with the expectation that we would follow through on this diet plan together. And I had the expectation that now that he was home, he would be 100% responsible for lawn care. And I would also get a night out with the ladies at least once a week for the foreseeable future because I, you know, I had earned it after being a single parent for five months. And none of these new expectations were, you know, necessarily bad in and of themselves, right? People grow and evolve and change. And that's how we grow as a couple is by allowing space for that evolving and that changing and learning to navigate those things together. But I think it is noteworthy that while sometimes conversations are one and done, um, then maybe the idea of this being a one and done conversation is just a new amendment in our manual <laughs> that makes it harder for us to revisit it later when it pops up again, right? We have that expectation now that, but we talked about this and now you should just remember for forever and that never needs to be readdressed. So just notice if that is something coming up for you in your manual as well. Just be willing to have multiple conversations with an open mind and an open heart. We all have manuals. We have a manual for how our friends are supposed to show up. We have a manual for how our family is supposed to show up. We have manuals for how people are supposed to drive. We have manuals for what family dinners are supposed to look like. We have manuals for what holidays are supposed to look like. We have manuals for how birthdays are supposed to be celebrated. We have manuals for who is in charge of planning the anniversaries. And in fact, my wedding anniversary is coming up this weekend. And truth be told, we still haven't nailed down our plans. <laughs> we just know that we're going to get out of town. So this podcast is actually a great reminder for me to open up a conversation with my husband about that and make sure that we are not bringing our manuals along with us this weekend so that we can maximize our enjoyment and minimize our disagreements this weekend. And you know what? I totally get it. It can feel so tedious to have these conversations, especially in the beginning. For many of us, we have never addressed these things before. But when you get the hang of having these conversations about letting go of those assumptions, it frees up so much mental and emotional energy to support you in creating the things that you do want. Now, I know I gave you some kind of silly examples in this episode, right? I would love to hear how you have applied this to your life and what examples you have in your life where you've recognized that you had a manual that was popping up for you. Uh, you can join the conversation by joining me on Facebook at Inner Work with Marianne Walker. I have both a page and a closed group by the same name. Or you can follow me on Instagram or TikTok at marianne.walker.life. If you're enjoying this podcast, I invite you to subscribe and leave me a review. It helps other listeners to know if this content might be helpful for them too. And, you know, feel free to share this with your friends. 
I find a lot of growth comes from exploring these ideas with other people, right? Bringing them along for that ride. And it helps to, to, yeah, bring about that self-awareness. So maybe instead of a book club, you could have a podcast club. <laughs> but for real, I look forward to hearing from you. And if there's something that you would like me to address on the podcast or a personal example from your life that you're willing to share uh, with the world, <laughs> please reach out to me on one of my various platforms or email me. Um, I'll put all of those links in the show notes. Um, but yeah, I'm here for you. I love you and I look forward to talking to you. Have a great week.